0: highlighting all the local and national stories which impact you. Isn't it
1: amazing that the issues we had in the 60s with people killing us, now we're killing us, and we're not saying anything about it. Had white people come through Milwaukee and started killing black people, the world would have stopped on its axis because so many people would have shown up to defend the neighborhood. But yet crime is literally out of control, and we're talking about it? It's an issue? What is your plan?
0: What's the secret? Bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. Milwaukee,
1: like many other major cities in the United States, has some issues that we have to work on, and that's no secret. And I've been talking about those issues over the course of my campaign for mayor. You're joking, right? Talking about it? Where's the plan? We keep talking about plans and talking about strategies. Where is the plan? What are we doing?
0: Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. It's decimating the black community. Yeah, because y'all don't eat right. So when you get
1: sick because you don't eat right because you're overweight and nobody tells you because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because we live in a world now where if you hurt somebody's feelings, you might get arrested. It's ridiculous. Idiotic. If you know you're not supposed to have certain things because you have diabetes, don't eat it. Oh, but it tastes so good. Okay. Okay. Tell that to your children and your grandchildren who won't see you because you decided to eat. Doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris.
1: You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. I'm excited today because today is the day for the Truth Roundtable. I get to holler at people, fight people, push people around, and then I probably get beat up in the end anyway, so it'll it'll just work. Shaking her head already. Can't can't even say, Hi Nolita, how are you?
2: Wonderful. How about you?
1: Good. well I was good, but you was shaking her head.
2: I'm shaking my I'm head saying. because every time I'm like, <laughs> I come back willingly. I'm not being forced I don't even know why any, you do that. Like why you do
1: anything, that. You love but. punishment, right?
2: Clearly, that makes two of them.
1: The punishment. Now, you also know I avoid Joe, because I'm not stupid, right? That's fair. Dr. Kim was walking out in the street in accident. Nah. Hey, Joe. How's it going, Joe? Good (laughs) to see you, Joe. Appreciate you, Joe. Now, it's good to see you. Um, Nalita Franz from Beautifully Blended. Um, Dealing with families that are blended families. Something I've never experienced, but hadn't thought about until I talked to you and went, hmm, that's a whole other Side of family and life and
2: it's it's a very relevant topic, especially right now. Um, their percentage of blended families um as opposed to, you know, back in the sixties, seventies is tripled um the Triple? the number. Tripled. Really? Yeah. Wow. People are working on their second, third marriages and from those marriages <laughs>
1: come, <laughs>
2: come comes blending. So wow. it's a great conversation to have. Anyone who is interested in learning more. Uh you know hit me up let me know
1: wow facebook twitter linkedin all that instagram
2: except for twitter i've never gotten TikTok. i've never gotten twitter it, that's
1: because it's not for y'all so don't worry okay it's not me. <laughs> we also have the the magnanimous the stupendous the guy that always makes me jealous cuz i can't write like that mike Spaulding, managing editor of 620 wtmj breaking news center
3: yeah. Thanks for having me. Did you well, mean to write like that? Is, is that a positive? Or that's a positive. Neg- okay. Thank, that's you. A positive. thank you. I appreciate that.
1: That's a positive. Like the the sheer going through a morning or afternoon show where everything is so regimented would just drive me crazy.
3: Oh, it helps. Well, yeah. No. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a acquired taste. See? Spoken like a true news guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Clearly something I'm not. Eventually, we'll get Kyle Wallace in here managing director of content there you go for there you go the new one oh one seven the truth we'll make him the managing content director or something let's we'll just make up a title for him
3: yeah so, barely managing wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's
1: it, dz is here too because he can jump in and chime in anytime he wants to or he can cut off our microphone and just talk for the rest of the day um, although i had to ask him about something they were talking about this morning but i'm you know i kind of turned on the don't tell anybody I listen to the morning show, okay? Just, just don't, don't tell anybody. And I was listening to some things they were talking about this morning, so I'm gonna have to wait till the microphone is off and ask him about some things. But so much stuff is going on in the city of Milwaukee. I'm, I'm a little taken aback that we're where we are now with 141 homicides and just, just. But I'm used to it because I'm from Chicago, so. You know, when I hear 141, I was like, "Wow, that low!"
3: It, it's not just the number, the sheer number. I mean, part of it I think is that sheer number, right? But also, it is who are the victims that has been really shocking to me. I've been doing news here for going on seven years, so um, and I'm from St. Louis, so the, the homicide rate is nothing different, really, for me to talk about. But right. it's it's the number of little kids and little, like eight, nine, ten year old kids that have become victims, whether of a homicide or just killed for, for mistaken gun violence or accidental gun violence. Right. Um, but also you had this stretch of uh, women who were killed last week. I think there was four women who were victims of homicide, and all of them Correct. had some sort of domestic abuse uh-huh. connection to it. So those two factors to me are, are what really makes this year unique outside of a, a spike in overall number, but just the, the, the people who are affected is different.
1: Yes, it is. And so how do we get a hold of that? How do we view? One of the reasons I wanted you on today is because, um, one, weirdly enough, you're a white male. You, yep, work, and that. you work at our sister station. I mean, it's kind of shocking, you know? But, <laughs> is it the voice? Like, what's shocking? Okay, all right, okay, all right. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And so it's, it's important to hear points of view Sure. and perspectives that we don't see, especially from the news, because you kind of stay in the middle. You don't kind of venture off into...
3: I'm going to try not to go too far and, off the uh, the beaten path today, yeah. but we'll see. I'm here for a while today, so we'll see.
1: <laughs> <where> we <go. laughs> so in about an hour, it'll be, you know, hey,
3: we're all over the place. I'm going to have to ask you for a job. I might, I might be stuck go. over here. Yeah. There you go. <laughs>
1: we'll, we'll be glad to have you. But that type of point of view is something many times that's missing Uh, Just like the African-American voice in predominantly white radio, but the white voice in predominantly black radio. So that if we really talk about social justice or if we talk about hearing voices and perspectives, I think the the beauty of the diversity of the truth is that we can have something. You know, you, Nolita, a woman's perspective to say, I agree or I disagree. And we've got a slew of topics today we want to look at. But crime is always that number one thing. Women being killed. We've had six domestic violence um, deaths over the last two weeks. And yesterday there was a woman that was shot and she survived and was taken to the hospital. But we haven't heard what the reason for that was. And there is no suspect in custody. Why do you think there's this 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 uptick? Or, or, or better yet, why are we even taking notice of the fact that women are, and children are becoming victims of crime?
2: Well, I would love to speak on the women aspect for just a moment um, because what I think is um, apparent here is the bigger picture. And so let's talk about – not discuss Roe versus way, but let's just say what that really – The precedent that that set once it was repealed, and it was sent back to the state level. And so that left a lot of women feeling like their protection in terms of their right to abortion, whether you are for it or against it, that's your own choice. But the fact that it was protected before and it isn't now. And so if we unpack these domestic violence situations, I just feel like that there is a genuine lack of respect and protection for women And it's becoming more and more apparent um, with the uptick in violence that we're seeing. It's becoming more and more apparent with the laws that are being um, repealed. And I think that, you know, for some of these women um, who have experienced domestic violence and sought to get help or reached out to the police, police came um, over time, that becomes... Hollow, because from a police person's perspective, oh, she's going to be back with them. I come, I take Mm -hmm. them. It's this sort of cycle. I I get that, but I'm still saying, where is the protection? Because at the very end of the day, these women are clearly in danger and they're losing their lives. So I think we really Mm -hmm. have to talk about the protection aspect of women.
1: However, it's two-sided women still have to do things on their part to make sure they're safe. Right. So many times the police don't think that they think these are the things that you can do. Th- your your protection is after the incident occurs. But then these are the things you need to do. Social media wise, your telephone number, this, 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 this. I remember over 28 years, countless times. Well, I don't want to have to change that because I have to let everybody know. Well, part of the trouble you're having is you let everybody know. And your cousin's sister gave him your phone number when you said you didn't want to get all those types of things. If you're going to get yourself out, that initial period of ending the relationship and separating yourself so that you can get your bearings, get back, you know, be safe, many times women don't want to do that.
2: There's a level of psychological trauma involved with being in a domestic violence situation, being a battered woman. And so whether or not women have the strength to leave, the financial means to leave, Mm -hmm. especially if you're in a situation where the the husband slash boyfriend is the breadwinner and he's providing. And so everything that you have... Is because of right. the funds that he brings into the household. Right. So I, I dare I say it's easier said than done, and when you add Absolutely. children into the mix, mm-hmm. it's even harder. And so I don't want to um, minimize the the fact that there are steps that women can and should take, but I definitely don't want to um, glance over the fact that that's just. Not as easy as we sit here sure. and, and dictate, you know, us being on the radio to say, oh, yeah, they can just change your number or, you know, you could just move. And well, we can do a lot of things and men could just keep their hands to themselves and not sure. be violent and sure. be jerks.
3: Well, and, and not, not to interrupt, because I think that's a, a great and perfect point is, you know, we talk a lot about the fact of the bad guy with a gun is going to find a way to get a gun eventually. I kind of feel the same way with someone who's going to commit a crime. If they set their mind to this and they're going to do it, I think there are ways where, you know, this, uh, whether it's a boyfriend or husband or whatever, is going to find what he needs to do. And I, it, it, it happens, I think, so quickly because people can either let their guard down or you have those literal ties to someone, whether you're co parenting or it's, you know, a, a financial situation, whatever it is. I do think that. Canceling someone out of your life is almost impossible, especially if that person is dead set on, you know, finding you and and, and tracking you, you know, for better lack of a better term, tracking you down. So, um, actually, in in the newsroom, one of our reporters did a series on restraining orders right. and what happens to women who are victims of domestic abuse. They go through the proper channels in court and they get a restraining order they're able to do all these things that they're supposed to do and yet still a a boyfriend was waiting outside of a woman's home in one instance and another one he knocked on the door and she opened it and was shot and killed unfortunately so right you know i think it's a two-sided issue but also i think it's like a 360 degree holistic issue where it's okay you can do these things but what is continuing safety look like what responsibility do communities have or police have um And I do think there is a reticence, too, to maybe call police in some instances. If it doesn't, maybe raise to the level where you think your life is in danger, but maybe it's a situation that's just out of control. If you call law enforcement, you see it all the time. Something worse could happen, and then all of a sudden, now you're in a a worse situation. So I I do think it's kind of a holistic Mm -hmm. idea of what, what protection is. Yes, it is.
2: Yeah. And when we look at these six women, you know, they raged in ages from... I think the youngest was 20 and the oldest was like 66. So we know that this is not an age issue. This is not something where, you know, people may want to say, oh, these are, you know, young people and they're just being. No, this this is a very real issue that touches and spans generations. This is this is something that needs to be addressed. And I think the psychological effect for those children because in almost every case um, of these six women, there were they children all had involved. Children.
3: Correct. You were a, a an officer. Can you still? You were walking around in your uniform here uh, last week. Who? Me? Well, <laughs> not. It, it, was, it wasn't. It, was it wasn't me. Uh, do you feel like um, you know people who who have these certain these situations, domestic violence situations? Do you do you feel like the training for police is is adequate? Do you? feel like when you respond to a situation like this Mm -hmm. that the woman or man you know whatever the situation is feels comfortable or do you think there's like room to to grow and and spread that message because there has been a lot of money spent on outreach programs and i just don't think and i think we're going to talk about money later you can spend your way out of this but that might not necessarily be true well one of one of the issues we have in law
1: enforcement is we're limited by what we can do it's and I know we have to take a break, DZ. I see him giving me that look. Um, it's it's important to remember that law enforcement is just a very particular small portion of that because we can't protect if you don't call. Uh, if you get a if you get a restraining order, every single time it's violated, you have to call. You have to create that 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 each step right in the process so that we know. Okay, four or five times this person has already violated this, so let's get a permanent. All all those things. The issue is people equate it with the people they call, which is the police, when in fact, that's on the DA. And if the DA decides you have enough, then they'll get it. And if the DA decides, you don't. But in the end, we tend to always blame the person that shows up, when in fact, our hands are tied. You get a restraining order, we can make an arrest we catch the person we can get a warrant there, there there are multiple things we can do but i think there's that gap of people understanding the entire process they think it's just call 911 and then it goes into this place
2: yeah we have to take a break but i want to acknowledge that um When your safety is at issue, yes, you think calling 911 is what you're supposed to do, and the threat will then be handled. I know that, you know, in order to get a restraining order, there's layers to that. The Mm -hmm. person has to be served, and in these cases, these individuals make it quite hard to be served with these paperwork. So it's so convoluted, and it's not straightforward. I think maybe there should be legislation surrounding what do you do when you— can't serve someone i know that it takes after so many attempts and then so many sort of acts that you can get something in without having served the right. individual but,
1: but that's only for the actual restraining order in wisconsin the fact that you committed it and the person swore and said you did it right mm-hmm. there's a temporary arrest warrant in the system for you okay after it happens right but what happens he returns home you don't call anybody And then all of a sudden something bad happens and you let him in your house or you let her in your house. You know, those types of things. But before we go to break, when we come back, we'll venture into some education and see what's going on and who wants to complain about um, NPS. You're listening to Truth Roundtable on Truth in the Afternoon. Uh, Mike Spaulding who is the managing editor, 620 WTMJ Breaking News Center, along with Nolita Franz, beautifully blended. We're still looking for Kyle Wallace. Hey, I think we need to call the police and send a posse out for Kyle because he's like nowhere to be found.
0: More of the Truth Roundtable is next on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com.
1: You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, Truth Roundtable. Arguing off the air. See that? I get it. You know what? That's true. Why did I invite her if all she's going to do is beat me up (laughs) off air and then beat me up on air? That's why I call Mike because Mike can be like the No, she was
3: giving it to you easy on the air. Wow. I encourage more of that off off the air content on the air. Wow. Then Mike turns on me. See, I'm just done.
1: Kyle, you don't have to come. I'm just I'll, hoping. Not gonna- <laughs> I'm just hoping this is a very high-rated segment because
3: I'm not going to be invited back if it's not. So nah, you'll you know, be invited back.
1: <laughs> you'll be invited back. Where is education going? Where you know, DZ says something before we. Where's all the money that we got? The PPP and the PPE and the EFG. All this money that came from the federal government. You know, we looked at crime. I was talking about it this morning on 620. Where. One time we got like 50 million, then 20 million, then 19. Like all this money has gone into crime prevention, but crime is up. We dumped a lot of money into education for COVID. Is education better? Is it like, where is it? Where's all that pandemic money? Why are children aren't like, why? The weird part. Let me ask this question. What happened to summer school? Like, if you didn't go to school for a whole year, why didn't we have summer school? Like, why don't we have year-round school?
3: Like, what is that? We had to pay the teachers. Yeah.
2: And needing teachers to work because there was an influx in teachers who stopped teaching Mm -hmm. during the the pandemic. So I think that there's probably a teacher shortage, for sure. And in terms of where did the money Mm -hmm. go, what was the money earmarked for? Like, that's the question. Because... It could have very well went to to what to covid. But if you, relief,
1: if you, <laughs> air okay, cold.
2: Um so
1: if you're not in school, what do I need it for
2: to clean the buildings? To, the, the You weren't in
1: the building. So well, we to prepare the, building prepare the buildings for
2: when you come. <laughs> I'm asking like this is a real question. Whatever the money was earmarked for, Ugh. we can't. We can't one hundred percent say what it was used for when we don't know what it was what the purpose was. And so
1: why isn't anybody calling out MPS to say where it's well
3: it I right? can say that they I, like we know some of it. I think last year for the budget they spent right. hundred and fifty million it, it, but like a, a big chunk of that, like almost forty eight million dollars went towards like improving air quality systems in where, all the schools. Where
1: kids weren't in school.
3: Well, not then, but now the air still, still being improved now, now that they're going to be there. But they made other improvements, I think, to the school. I don't, can you spend your way – I'm not a parent, but I don't know. Can you spend your way to better – I mean, I guess you can because the suburbs do it. Yes, they do. But what does that look – you know, I mean, I think there's a lot of different factors other than just money there probably, right? Like –
2: yeah, like the fact – the quality of education there in terms of resources, so books um, and supplies, But we already teachers. had money for that.
1: But we already had money for
2: that. For money for what? Books? Yeah. For MPS?
1: We already had money Yeah,
2: if you think so. The Though, fact that they didn't buy them is I, one thing, oh, but well, we, we already had money, money. for that. There yes. that
1: like there's money for that. I, I think did. if we stop updating the
3: superintendent's office or giving people – you know,
1: then I mean, we probably have money for better books.
3: Yeah, but I think the – it, it always goes back to the pay of the people – Right. The teachers are going to make too much or the teachers, you know, it, this chunk of our funding goes towards that. But if you're not going to pay teachers a, a, a fair or quality wage or maybe even perhaps more to lure them away from somewhere like Waukesha, or New Berlin, then you're just going to fall back into that line of a uh, needing teachers or b not having the best quality teachers. And then you kind of run yourself in a circle all over again
2: because they're overworked understaffed yeah. classes are 30 plus kids with one teacher, one T.A., Resources are limited. Like it's it's a bigger picture. And we talking about, you know, COVID money, COVID money is not going to help um, sort of reinvigorate MPS. Really? No. Hmm. That's interesting. It's been on the decline for quite some time. Hmm.
1: That's why I didn't put my kids in MPS. So
2: I don't believe <laughs>
1: <laughs> But 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 the weird part about it is the quality of the teachers everything. Sure. And for all the money we spend on old buildings and old furnaces, I mean, this this is me speaking. As a resident of the city of Milwaukee, I would have had no problem if they told me, by the way, your uh, homeowner, you know, your taxes are going up $500. I would
2: have had a problem with that. I, would, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. 500
1: Listen, because you already have had a plan that you're going to tear down X amount of schools and rebuild new with everything that they're supposed to have. I'm okay spending money on stuff that I know you're going to do. But just to give them COVID money and then go, oh, well, you figure it out. You figure out what you want to use it for. That's not – that's never worked anywhere.
3: Yeah, but imagine trying to get that money. It, it, so are you saying the federal government should have been able to help dictate a little bit more about where that money goes? Or what What were you – where were you going with that I one? think
1: the governor should have done a better job Okay, he doled out the federal dollars and told them – If you're going to update, this is what you need to do.
3: Okay, but imagine if you're in Waukesha and you're already Mm -hmm. going against everything the governor says. Mm -hmm. Now you have Tony Evers coming in here and telling your school district that you pay money for your kids to go to, how to spend that money. I think for MPS it's one thing, but then if you go to some of these more suburban or rural communities, it's going to just create a whole other set of issues. I'm okay with that. Well, so am I, because my kids don't go there, but I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just,
1: but, but then, in the end, a generation later, the quality goes, and we still can't okay. find people. You know, we, we yeah. argue about jobs that come to Milwaukee, but the issue is we don't have the education base to do some of those jobs. Mm-hmm. Those technological jobs, we can't do. We're not graduating kids that forget science and technology and STEM, just basic math, they can't do it, so you can't get a certain level job. So you're not going to bring certain. You'll you'll be able to put the car together, but you won't be able to manufacture the car and the parts because you don't have the education level. That's why we keep losing these companies that come here because we can't get kids educated fast enough, good enough to be able to take those technical those technical jobs.
2: So to, the, to piggyback off something you said a few minutes ago. The quality of the teacher is everything. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to get teachers who are going to make an impact, who are going to want to stay. Because let's just be honest. Let's just keep it all the way real here. Teachers, that is a hard job. Mm -hmm. It is oftentimes very thankless. And it is not for the faint. And so teachers have to really love teaching to stick it out. Um, and, and deal with some of the things that they, that they deal with. And so if you really want to overhaul, you know, schools and education, invest in the teachers. Start putting the money in the pockets of the people who mm-hmm. are directly impacting the classroom.
1: You're listening to The Truth Roundtable. Nolita Franz from Beautifully Blended. Mike Spaulding, Managing Editor, 620 WTMJ Bricking News Center. 833-212-1017 if you have any questions for Nolita.
3: Or Mike. Be nice, please. Maybe me. <laughs> Not to Ken. You can be as mean as you want to Ken. That's right.
1: You can be me. Milwaukee. Urban League reminds you the benefits of vaccination for children ages 5 through 11 outweigh the known and potential risks of COVID-19. Getting a COVID-19 vaccine can protect your children from severe disease, hospitalization, or developing long-term complications if they do get COVID-19. To learn more, visit cdc.gov. That's cdc.gov. From the Greater Milwaukee Urban League, we are all in this together.
0: You are listening to The Truth Roundtable on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
1: You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken. I don't even know what time it is. I'm going on and on and on. See, they got me so, Mike and Alita got me so upset. It's just, every time they say something, they just upset me every time. (laughs) This is terrible. And then Mike is laughing at me. I just feel bad. With you. I'm laughing with you. I just feel bad. Talking text line from earlier, uh, somebody said, I think, let me see if I get this in order. I think domestic abuse incidents start because women are settling in their choices of men. A lot of men that these women are choosing are already in questionable lifestyles, living the fast life. And a lot of women find that appealing for some odd reason or another. Then it goes on to say that on the flip side of that, a lot of men out here doing this abuse don't know how to channel that anger appropriately. And as a result, a lot of women and children end up being victims of this so-called abuse. Um, All of it is a vicious circle that has to be broken with education, intervention, and more resources. Well, um... (laughs) I knew that was coming.
2: <laughs> <laughs> let's be clear. There's there's deacons and pastors that beat their wives. So let's just right. let's just start Everybody. there. Like, like I, I don't want to minute right. Police, cops, sure. whomever, um, upstanding citizens, law-abiding alleged alleged law-abiding <laughs> <laughs> citizens. Okay, uh, people who are held in very high stature within a community mm-hmm. can go home at night and. Dole out punishment atrocities. you would never believe. And right. so I don't want to just boil this down to these are questionable men who are already making bad choices. And women should be smarter because your your abuser could come in great packaging and still be awful person, an awful human being. And a lot of them are women. Uh, come again. A lot of them are women. A lot of the abusers. What? are women. OK. Women can abuse. I will say that. A lot of them are women. You can say that. I will just say women can be abusers as well. Statistics. Um, Let's not fight.
1: Statistics.
2: You so irritating. The point of the matter (laughs)
0: is
2: (laughs) I think education is important. I think, you know, anger management, all of those things, those are all great um, resources that could be, Uh, utilized in this situation, but the person who is the aggressor has to be willing to want to make a change. Yeah.
3: I I wholeheartedly agree there was a lot in that uh text, but I do agree that the the intervention and that early intervention too, with not, you know, having been a, a teenage boy at some point, like, I am acutely aware of how teenage boys act. And like do you have impulse control issues? Yep. Do you think that, you know, rules don't apply to you? Yep. Do you think you're invincible? Yep, you definitely do. You know, but that doesn't make Obviously, everyone, you know, a bad person, but like, you know, extrapolating that a little bit further, um, getting involved, I think, in a a life earlier and noticing those things. And I think sometimes, too, it's if you're a parent being willing to notice some things about your child that are perhaps – not the most flattering, and then also yourself, kind of knowing how to um, address those things and and bring it up because it you know it's not bad until it happens. Discussing something doesn't make you a bad person. It could just you know mean that you you need some of that early um early on intervention. So yeah, that's great. But we talked about it with the education part of it in mm-hmm. general education. Right. right. Okay, throwing money at it is a great thing, but then that person. You know, that, that, that woman who, like you were saying, needs to, to be willing to call police when their boyfriend you know, breaks that restraining order, the person doing the abuse has to also realize that I'm, this is going to happen and I need to be the one to solely change that. So I think putting it on the victim is, is a, a little bit off base, but Correct. I do agree Correct. with you know, there, there should be some sort of intervention, whether it's anger management. And it's also easy to say, if you have the means to do it, right? It's all going to come back to the money.
2: It's very cyclical too. Think about the fact that most people who are abusers mm-hmm. witnessed abuse. They grew up in households where their mom or dad were abusive to either the parents to each other right. or to the children. Right. And so it's a very it's a learned behavior um, to a certain degree, um, and it's a lot about not being able to. knowing how to engage in healthy dialogue and to express your feelings in a manner that doesn't involve you using your, your hands and being physical.
1: Very true. On another topic, talking text, Wayne said Dr. Ken and panel. The problem with MPS is that there is no closed loop accountability system, giving teachers more money and not seeing results and test scores doesn't work. Giving more money to administrators and not seeing systemic changes doesn't work. Raising property taxes to give more money to the system, that doesn't work. My question, is there a single big idea that can change in P.S.? Start with you, Mike. One big idea? Just one.
3: Just one. Yeah, take all those things you just said, roll it up into one big idea, and there you go. No, it's like a multifaceted <laughs> situation. You need to pay teachers more money to to come to a district that's finan- that is has a reputation, has a bad reputation to lure them away from suburban schools. Right. You need to perhaps pay administrators a little bit more than the going rate to to want to come here. But then you also have to have a teachers union that is willing to work with someone on these changes. You have to have you know a, a system in place to where. The teachers can hold parents in some cases accountable because if you're teaching all these things and saying this and that, and then you're, the, the child goes home and there's nothing there for them, well, then it's going to create a whole other set of issues. That, you know, Correct. things ring a Correct. lot more hollow when you're going home to not a stable situation. So I think it's all of those things. And I think discounting one is doing you know it's kind of like a watch if, if a one thing service, is right, off right. it's all going to start to break down so you need right. to have everyone in agreement which at this point in the world I don't know if that necessarily you know is possible but I do think there should be more time spent on doing things like that and yeah it might cost you a little bit more money to implement something that works but it will go a heck of a lot farther than it does you know, looking at Madison, just focused on <laughs> taking over MPS right. or, or right. whatever we spend right. our time arguing, yeah. because that in and of itself is, a, is a, a talking point with no real backing either. So y- you need a lot of buy-in, and I don't know how that actually starts happening. If I did, I'd make a lot more money.
1: No, Lita, before we go to break, how do we figure out a way to let people understand that not one idea is the way, but that there are actually four or five things you have to do at the same time.
2: Yeah, I think we have to just be open to what progress in really looks like. Mm-hmm. People assume that there's this magic button or this magic wand you can wave. No, but it's my um, way, though. Yeah, no. Not your way, it's my <laughs> way. <laughs> and, and that will get us <laughs> right. nowhere. Right. Um, right. So I think just understanding that this is – we didn't get here um Doing one particular thing, one particular way we got here with multiple sort of failures in multiple areas. So it's going to take um, to Mike's point, it's going to take all of those things an accumulation of things in order for us to write this sort of ship that we're on with the NPS. It's it's it, it needs to be thought out. And we need to have some key players at the table willing to have some, some very intense dialogue about how to move forward and be open-minded to it.
1: Truth Roundtable, when we come back, we've talked about crime, we've talked about education, but how does all that connect to more jobs or a lack of jobs, or can you ever really get a job? You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon.
0: This is the truth round table on the new one Oh one seven, the truth, the truth app and one Oh one seven, the truth.com. Yeah.
1: You're listening to truth in the afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, eight, three, three, two, one, two, one, zero one seven is the number. Winky. You're on the new one Oh one seven, the truth. How's it going? Hey, good. Uh, good
4: afternoon, Dr. Ken. I I, I just uh I just had a question for the uh, for your guest there on the panel. Uh, with single dealing with uh, single parents, a lot of times domestic violence starts in a youth, especially young males, uh, because being raised by a young mother or any mother that wants to put that masculine, uh, uh, strong man in her son is always punching him, beating him, little fight, beating him, dominating him. So when a boy get about 16 or 17, 15, a lot of times they wear up earlier than that. Winky, I I, I
1: need a question. You're making a statement. What's the question?
4: Okay, well, the question is, what do we do about that? And what do we do about uh, uh, relationships that uh, are in that, that are involved with domestic violence? I mean, it's a part of the, the love affair. It's a right. part of the courtship. Right. I mean, they're not happy unless they in a fight. What do you do about that? After they, they fired a buddy, they got a woman, man. She just got the... She burned him in the face with a cigarette. And then the makeup sex is so powerful and potent. That, you know, and, and, and they be both beat up and everything else but it's the how do you deal with that what, what, what what's the solution for that because that is a part of what you guys are discussing right now
3: okay okay I, anybody
1: want to jump I, in no I'll take it off there Listen.
3: all right should Thank have you. asked the guy with the doctor in front of his name um <laughs> 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 that's a different kind of leadership I, right there <laughs> no I look I think it all goes back to having that Earl that being able to as Nolita said, Have constructive discussions on what a healthy relationship looks like. You know, not to say that people who are older and have kids of their own, as you mentioned, a 15, 16, or 17 year old kid are are too old to ever learn, you know, how to cope with stuff like that. But when you're younger, you're just more open to different, you know, ways of life and ideas, and you're not necessarily stuck in anything. Mm -hmm. So I think it just goes back to, you know, being able to have those outlets where. A, a young person can go, or an, an older person, to help find some sort of uh, assistance with that. I, I, you know, other than like legislating in someone's house, I don't, I don't know anything about that. But yeah. So
2: Winky, I want to just be clear. What you described is a toxic relationship. Correct. What you described are two people who really don't have any business being together, but they are together. Something has drawn them together, whether it's the volatility of this relationship that keeps them coming back to one another. But believe you me, and let's not mistake it, that type of relationship ends poorly. It ends with someone getting hurt, and whether that's physically or whether that's just emotionally and mentally scarred, it does not end well. And so, while they are in the throes of it and getting burned in the face with cigarettes and making up the reality of situation is it's not sustainable. And so what they have to acknowledge that if they want to have healthy relationship, they're not going to find it in each other. What do we do about it? You have to be able to be a whole person yourself and recognizing your own wholeness. That's going to attract a whole person to you. When you are broken, you attract brokenness. And so when you find that these people are getting together and they, it's this volatile mix Mm -hmm. of emotion and, super high highs and super low lows. It has all the makings of it just sounds like, you know, people who are addicted to drugs, right? Like they, they love it even though they know that it's terrible for them Um, and it's not going anywhere. And so with the question regarding the young men who women try to make men, I mean, this is the age old question. Can a woman raise a man? Can he, can she make him into a man? And we don't have enough time to unpack that today. But what I will say is the fact that women have to be, we are emotional. We're emotional creatures, and we we have to take a stand at teaching our young men emotional maturity. Because if we can, can we treat them, uh, teach them how to be a man? That's up for debate. But can but can we teach them how to be sensitive and how to have emotional, um, how to be in touch with their emotions and how to have dialogue? Yes, we can do that.
1: I'm not touching that because I'm, I'm glad I went first. Fight. I'm just starting. I'll fighting. tell you that. I just starting to um but in the end all of that dovetails to the pressures that we bring on and and in the next hour we'll we'll talk about that in terms of jobs and how how that pressure alone can cause crime domestic violence uh poor schooling things of that nature and how we just don't really see uh the everyday i i I guess there are pros and cons to being uh, educated. You know, I was just reading an article today about is education really necessary when people are going into construction and hospitality and making $100,000 a year. So the flip side to that is where are you going to go in those careers? Because if you don't have a degree, you're not going to be the boss. You're not going to run it. You would have to literally buy you'd have to either buy a business or start your own in order to be the boss. Those types of things. but in the next hour, we'll really look at and dive into some economic summaries in terms of the, the wild counties and how Milwaukee, Ozaki, Washington, Waukesha, where black people live and how all these things affect us. you know it's It's important to recognize if MPS doesn't come up and bring our kids up, they're going to be significant jobs that they're not going to be able to get. And we're destining them to um, low-paying, fast-food, hospitality industry. Um, That's it. And so how do we change that? How do we make our kids – Hmm. Want to go to school? Like I don't know. Like where? Where? Where did we become disconnected?
3: I think one thing that has to do with education, and, and I come from a family who does uh, a heck of a lot more blue collar work uh, than I do right now, <laughs> yeah, sitting behind a microphone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, one discussion that I've I've had with my brother is, you know, that that construction job that you're doing is great to, you know, pay bills now, but you know when you're talking about education, it's a long-term investment in yourself that you're making and that sounds so cliché to say But it's if you're awesome at bricklaying, that's great. But by the time you're 48 bricklaying, that's going to (laughs) be a killer. And around that time, right, 40-ish probably is when you're going to kind of start seeing that degree that you get pay off. And it doesn't have to be necessarily in uh, journalism or economics even. It could be business. It could be going back to school for a two-year degree or whatever it is. So I think it's just showing young people that the investment that you make is going to pay off. And I think when you see where we're at economically and you hear words like recession and stuff like that, it's disheartening to think that, well, what am I doing this for, for when I'm turning 38? Like, I'm trying to pay bills now. I'm trying to, you know, pay for my car, pay for my apartment, whatever it is. And I think providing that perspective is difficult when you see some of these companies that, that also do, like, these routine layoffs to help trim some of the fat there. So, yeah. I, again, we, we've talked holistically a lot in this first hour, and I think it just goes back to that.
1: All right. We got one more minute. Um, but when we come back, we want to really look and dive into some of these job numbers that we have from May 2022 and the and the the, the highest areas of employment in Milwaukee and take a look at places like MPS to figure out do we really have the the wherewithal to feed these jobs, you know, we're talking manufacturing, uh, trade, transportation and utilities, professional and business services. And then the one that jumped out at me was education and health services. The two things that my generation is going to need in the coming years, education to feed the health care industry and the health care industry to help take care of us. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon Truth Roundtable. Mike Spaulding, Nolita Franz and you on the new 101.7 The Truth.